0: Well, I want to start with some of the positives, and that is linked to our institutional support. And at MSU, um, if we're talking about the future of Montana history, there are six MSU graduate students giving papers at this conference, three of them next door, so I'm very proud of that. And you know, in the last decade, both UM and MSU created small Ph.D. programs in history and MSU now also has a Ph.D. program in American Studies and Earth Sciences has a Ph.D. program and they have some excellent cultural and historic geographers. So, you know, Ph.D. programs, regardless of what you might think about academic pros at times, are the incubators of really great scholarship. So I think that has given us a real leg up. Um, The other two institutional um, innovations that we have in Bozeman are the Extreme History Project, and Crystal Allegria is here, and they have done an unbelievable job in uh, bringing history to the public through walking tours, a monthly speaker series, all kinds of interesting, engaging events and have hired our uh, students, both undergraduate and graduate, as walking tour leaders, as interns. Um, It's really uh, been wonderful and I just might say that Crystal did get her MA with me many years ago, so I'm very proud of that. But uh, also last um, spring, the Board of Regents approved the new Center for Western Lands and Peoples at MSU. Um, We had tremendous support from the Historical Society for that. The staff wrote a great letter. Kirby came down in case he needed to testify before the board. Um, And that is a center devoted to both undergraduate and graduate education and the public dissemination of um, scholarship on Montana and the West. And I would say that I think there is a great audience for this if we figure out how to engage because just last week, The Center for Western Lands and People sponsored a symposium on Ivan Doig. We had over 330 people register. Um, The events were incredibly well attended, including a day-long field trip to White Sulphur Springs. And the same week, um, the Extreme History Project had a two-night pachatka at the Ellen Theater and packed it, and it was all on history. So I think there is um, an appetite for it, but I also think that we need to be more innovative in our forms of delivery. And so one of the other things we're doing at MSU is um, we now have on our faculty, Amanda Hendricks-Kamoto, Komodo, is here, our youngest scholar doing Western history. We um, made a hire of Mark Fiji as the wallace Stegner Chair in Western Studies. And Janet Orr um, has also joined us, and Janet and Amanda are working on developing a public history program for both undergraduate and graduate students. So I think those are all really great things. Um, I also think really great things are the fact that, um, and Jeff can speak about UM, but that um, the Historical Society and MSU have um, jumped on the digital bandwagon. And you know we ha- we have to deal with costs, and that's expensive. But traveling to the society to do research is also prohibitively expensive for students and for researchers around the state. It's prohibitively expensive for me because we don't have a travel budget at MSU anymore. So those things, um, I think, we need to protect and increase and support. And that having that um, new. We know it's always going to be partial, you know, those days when the appointed director of the National Archives said, oh yeah, we'll get everything digitized in a few years, you know, that is never going to happen, but we um, we do have more primary sources that can hook people into doing history and that can lead them to the archives. I would just finish by saying what I think some of the challenges are. Um, I think that recruiting graduate students to Montana universities is a challenge because of uh, funding, the, um, that's a problem. Both the PhD program at UM, UM, and Jeff can correct me if I'm wrong, but the one at MSU, we have focused, we, were, we created those programs because Montana was a big donut hole in terms of PhD programs in the humanities in the northern Rockies. So we were targeting local students, students who were place bound, who couldn't, you know, travel to go to Yale or to go to North Carolina or whatever. Um, so that's, you know, one limitation. Um, and quite frankly, there's a dismal job market at the college and university level. So, you know, we, it's not a service to students to say come to our PhD program and you're going to get a great job as a professor at some university of your dreams, which is why we need to think more creatively about what PhD training should do for people. Um, I think, no offense, looking around, we need to recruit a younger audience to Montana <laughs> history. I'm looking at my gray hair. We're all, we've are we all been here a long time. Um, and so I was right. kind of, I was very inspired last night at the banquet with Jim McCarthy's Uh, programs that they're doing with the students um, at Butte High, you know, I'm not sure I want to lead camping trips in vacant lots in Bozeman, but you know, kind of getting them young and keeping them interested, I think that was great. Um, And um, I think we also have to realize that we are in a national slump in terms of enrollment in humanities programs, the decline of history majors, and um, We hope that will change. I mean, it's absolutely understandable that parents want their sons and daughters to go into fields where they believe that they will get a job, so the STEM fields are rising. But we also, I think, have been brought up very sharply in the last year to realize if we have leadership who knows nothing about history, that we are on a really um, uh, dangerous path. So I think that we need to teach better. We need to be more political. We need to become more eloquent about why understanding the humanities and the arts is important to being a good citizen and to um, do as much public dissemination of our work in ways that make it seem relevant uh, that is our... But that should be our mission.